Welcome to the Boston's Big Four podcast. New news about music and sports every week, sometimes. So we are back, episode 63. Uh, Brad Marshan, <laughs> uh, episode Brad Marshan, but shout out to Brad Marshan, number 63. Big shout episode yep. P Blaze. We have Paul Blaze uh, in the building, hip hop uh, producer. Big shout out to P Blaze. <laughs> yeah, Easty, you, you introduce him. So, my man P Blaze, um, we met at a, like, officially at a show at Maggie's that Hush hosted. And, um, you know, we got a, we, we connected right away. Uh, you produced one of the ciphers that we did. Um, I believe the first one we did. Um, then, um, dude, you've always like, you'll just hit me in my inbox. Easty, I got this beat. It's got you on it. And, um, dude, we just always had a good connection and, uh, I, I need to get this man some shine. He's got a great project coming out, uh, features myself, uh, Hush, Mike Ross, as far as, uh, New England based artists, um, but a uh, ton of artists, uh, very talented artists. I've heard some of the uh, sneak peeks. Shit's fire. Um, but nonetheless, big shout outs, P Blaze, for joining us tonight on the podcast. Yeah, yes. y'all, thanks, thanks for having me, guys, man. It's, you know, it's great. You know, I've been uh, watching all the snippets and shit over the years. Easty's been posting with you guys, but uh, yeah, I'm really blessed to be on here, man. Thank you guys. Absolutely. The only- happy to have you. Reporting the live only... from South Carolina tonight, right? Yes, yes. Uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, it's, uh, back where I went to high school. I'm, I'm in North Charleston right now. But uh, Are you in a studio school. right now? I am in a studio right now. I'm in uh, Chameleons Media uh, here in North Charleston. Nice. Um, yeah, man. Dope. It's uh, you know, legendary Sean Dolby. I got to give a huge shout out to him. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's let me crash up in here for the... Uh, you know, for the uh, podcast, just uh, this way, I ain't gotta be in a fucking bedroom or some shit somewhere. So, you know, yeah. trying uh, try to in the kitchen. Up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah but the the only one thing we do have to get off the table real quick is he's a uh, New York sports fan, and oh, this is it. Oh, you knew boy. it was coming. That's right? uh, <laughs> that's a that's definitely a first get, for this podcast. That's we definitely gotta get a first. it out of the way. All right, so I'll put it to you like this. All right, so you know, I, I was I was born and raised in New York. Yeah. Uh, you know, we moved to South Carolina, went to high school down here. You know, my family's from New York. My dad's from Brooklyn. You know, his dad's from Brooklyn. Like, I mean, so we're, you know, we're, we're full full bred, uh, full bred, uh, born, you know, New York. Uh, I, uh, you know, Boston New York rivalry is great, and uh, you know, as much as I can't stand the Sox, uh, I will say the one thing we can always come together on is fuck Philly sports. Yeah, no, that's true. You, you <laughs> never true. hear somebody Philly. think about it. You never hear somebody say like, like, damn, I'm a Broncos fan, but the Eagles are all right. Or, you know, I like I, no, I everybody like, hates wait, Philly. Everybody yeah, hates I, Philly. Yeah, I, you know, uh, yeah, I like the uh, Minnesota Wild, but, uh, you know, the Flyers are OK. Ain't nobody says that, man. Fuck Philly. Everybody. Hates right. Philly. It's because the fans yeah. are dickheads. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <They> <laughs> Pretty <are>. much. <laughs> yeah. So you're a, Yankee, you're a Yankees fan then. I, I am a Yankees fan. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't really follow baseball all too much, uh, but yeah. my uh, my baby mom, you know, she's a diehard Yankee fan. And uh, so when we got together, you know, we were together for, you know, almost three years. So, um, you know, I, I just – we went to games all the time, watched it on TV. You know, I had the MLB TV app and shit. So used to watch yeah. a lot of that. Uh, I got to watch you guys win the World Series that year. So that was Hell fun. Yeah. 
I was like, yeah, it was a little rough. But. <laughs> yeah, we loved it. it, it you're, uh, I hear you're a Giants fan too. Big time, yeah. You know, so uh, like I, I like to say, you know, Tom Brady, he's the goat. Uh, what, what is he? He's uh, he's six. Eli, Eli, and Nick Foles, right? Something yeah, like that. So, yeah, but that's uh, true. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, it's it's you know, those are I, I always like watching uh, Giants and Patriots play because you know, Giants. We've been stuck in for a, since we won the last Super Bowl. Um, yeah, you know, it's like you guys. It's like you guys either suck or you or you beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, you know, even, even one where, I mean, you look at this past year with Daniel Jones, right? It, we, uh, you know, we were in the game like to, to halftime, you know, yeah. you got rookie quarterback, the like one of the worst offensive lines in the league and a defense full of rookies. I mean, and you know, we, we kept you guys in, you know, on, on your heels up until, uh, up until halftime. And then, you know, at that point, you, you know, it just got beat with experience and talent. So, right. But, you know, that's the thing about New York sports fans, though, is that we're not patient people at all. So it's like, you know, right now we're, we're not the, either. We're the same way. I mean, you guys got high expectations, though. It's, it's like extremely high, guys, extremely high. I, I can respect it. You know, the Boston, the city of champions. I mean, you look at all the Stanley Cups, you know, Bruins have won. Patriots obviously are, you know, greatest dynasty in sports history right now yeah um yeah uh, you know the Sox have a storied history i, I mean celts have the most celts, championships celtics. yeah celtics you know i mean back when you guys had bill russell i mean you guys they won it like what, bird, eight, the bird eight, era. Ten, eight times in 10 years or something it was crazy yeah yeah, yeah. that that famous that famous picture of bill russell with like 11 rings or something yeah you know? yeah it's crazy it don't even got enough fingers for him yeah <laughs> So yeah, but you know, I like I definitely I definitely respect it, and uh, you know that's one of the most storied uh, rivalries in sports. So I mean, if you just like sports, you turn on any New York Boston game, yeah. Any sport is you're gonna have any a great, sport. Great. You know, people people point to the Red Sox Yankees first, but really any sport. We you know anytime we play the Jets, it's crazy. The Giants, the yeah, Celtics so Celtics Knicks is always crazy. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, you know, Bruins Rangers great. is always crazy. That's that's a great one. That's always yeah. original six team. You know, I mean those. Right. I mean both the, both those franchises go back almost a hundred years. So right. You know, I mean it, you know there's a lot of history there. A lot. You know, you talk about some of the all time greats that have ever played hockey have played for Boston and New York. You know, yeah. so it's yeah. uh, it's definitely great, man. You know, I, like I, I love sports, man. I can't wait for the NFL season to start back up. I, I get yes. like big into it with fantasy football. Um, yes. You know, I'm just all about it. College for sure. Football, I, I really only get into college football. Die hard Wisconsin Badgers fan. Die oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So the story, yeah, for the story with that is um, back uh, back when I was a kid, you know, when the when the Giants drafted Ron Dane. I think it was like nine or ten years old when that when that Ron happened. Dane, I remember yeah. him. Yeah. What a name. I, yeah, Heisman Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. You know, played played four years at Wisconsin. Remember when um, they had him and Tiki Barber at the same time yeah. and it was Thunder and Lightning. Exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah. So when they picked him up, it was just like, you know, you find out he had like the most storied running back career at Wisconsin. And I just kind of got, you know, shoehorned into that. Um, and same thing with basketball. You know, I don't really follow basketball anymore either. But uh, but funny story, I always tell people this is uh, I hated Reggie Miller so much. So, so, so much. I was a Knicks fan. So, okay. you know, when he he obliterated John Starks in, in the mm-hmm. uh, Eastern Conference Finals, man. Yo, I, I was like, fuck Reggie Miller, you know? And so when they traded Starks for Sprewell back in, was it like 97, 98 or something? I was like, I hate Reggie Miller so much. I'm going to, I'm going to follow John Starks. I became a Golden State Warriors fan. So, wow. 
Uh, yeah, and then that's, and then that's once, some deep hatred right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was a kid, you know, what the hell did I know? <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I just played with them in like NBA Jam and you know all that shit. As a yeah, kid. yeah, yeah. But then uh, you know, through the years, you know, all, you know, I mean, through the two thousands, it was you know brutal. Back it was brutal back with uh, you know C Web and all them. Uh, you know, it was it was bad times. Then you get then you get Steph and Clay and everyone comes in and you have a dynasty. And then once they picked up KD, man, I was like, man, this is like some 2K shit. You know, it's like video games at that point. All this yeah, that was people. stupid. I, so yeah. I stopped really watching, you know, basketball at that point. Yeah, KD sold out. I didn't like that move at Big all. Big time. Big time. Yeah. He sold yeah. out. After he had just – he had a 3-1 lead on them and they beat him and then he joins them. Come on. Yeah. Can't do that. That was, that, that, was, that was the year that we went 73-9. Uh, yeah, and so. lost. Yeah. Yeah, and lost. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, since you're a Giants fan, I got to ask, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? First ballot. What? First ballot. All right. Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. Just because I mean, of the two yeah, Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. You look at all the four. You know what his that. overall record is, right? It's like okay, 500. It's, yeah, a little bit above that, but you also have to look at what he was surrounded with in the last part of his career. You know, I, I personally, if I think if I was Eli Manning, I wouldn't have I wouldn't Odell have Beckham? Yeah, I mean, he, he had decent stats under Odell Beckham. But, you know, and Odell, Odell Beckham was only there for, what, two, three years? You know, you got to remember his fourth year, he was injured all the time. The fifth year, yep. they ended up him. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, so I can't remember who it was said it, uh, but they were like, you know, when you determine a Hall of Famer, can you tell the story of the NFL without this, without this player? You cannot tell the story of the NFL without Eli Manning. It's Interesting. I mean, it's, yeah. So. That's a good perspective on Hall of Fame because it may not factor in specifically stats. That there, definitely makes yeah. sense. I mean, stats-wise, yeah. stats-wise, he's not a Hall of Famer, but those two Super Bowl runs alone probably make Absolutely. him a Hall of yeah. Famer. It's worth a mention, yeah. You remember, yeah. You remember the pass to Manningham along along the sideline. I mean, Manningham. I try I try not to remember it, but yeah. <laughs> but, but, but think about it. It's like, has there really been a – I mean – I know you guys are going to say Malcolm Butler, but has there really been a more clutch play? In the Malcolm Super Butler. <laughs> yeah. Julian, the Julian catch. Edelman, the Julian Edelman catch. catch. Yes, the that, Julian Edelman yeah, catch. Yeah, that catch. That well, catch. also the helmet catch, too. Yeah, but you in know, the first Super like, Bowl. I'm, I'm one of the I'm one of those people. I'm a realist. You know, I'm not going to sit here and be a homer. It's like that was a little bit of luck. Was there a holding? You know, possibly. I don't think you make that call in the Super Bowl. Um, we had but, uh, speaking of which, we had Jarvis Green on recently. The guy who yeah. who may have or may have not may or may not have gotten held on that play. We had him on yeah. the podcast recently. We didn't bring that up though. I should have. <laughs> I know. Uh, Would have been interesting to hear. But yeah, but yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of my whole perspective on the Eli Manning thing. Okay. Okay. I guess that that could be a touchy subject, though. I guess as far as bringing that that up, we were. Yeah. No, we were we were skeptical about it because, like, <laughs> you, you know. No, no. I mean, you know, realistic. In my opinion, he's first ballot, but you know, I don't realistically he might be a second ballot Hall of Famer, but um, but without a doubt, he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. You know, I don't think. Right. Can I, mean, he bro- I think he, bro- he probably. He I think he probably will end up in the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm probably biased, but I think he's not a Hall of Famer just based on his numbers. But you, you can. Make, but the thing is, you can make a solid argument for or against it. You, way. you can. It's like no, it's a great argument. It's a great argument to to have either way. Sound well, off here's, in the comments. Here's one that, yeah, here, yeah, here's here's one that we get. Uh, here's one that we get at the bar a lot is uh, yeah. is uh, Giants with Philip Rivers or Eli Manning. Do they win the Super Bowl? Wait, wait, what year? 
both years. Do you win Super Bowls with Philip? Philip Rivers is a more, I guess. Yeah, I say yeah, you do. Statistically and winning quarterback, but he's not clutch. He crumbles on the biggest stage. That's the Eli thing. Eli, Eli is like an average quarterback who's just yeah. incredibly clutch. Like yeah, that, absolutely. You know, so. he's incredibly clutch. Yeah, so that I means that's more clutch, that's, more clutch than his brother with only like half the talent. Yeah, yeah. You can, he's you definitely can more clutch than his brother. Yeah, Peyton had, I mean, that, that whole line with Jeff Saturday and all of them. Had, I mean, that pick that Peyton threw in the Super Bowl against the Saints was like, you know, that's, that's a throw that a great quarter, that's a play that Brady doesn't make, really. He doesn't yeah. throw a pick six in the Super Bowl to lose the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, you I know. feel that. And, and neither would Eli Manning. That's a play that clutch players don't, don't make. Yeah, well, you know, they, they both still got two Super Bowls. Um, you know, and the right. thing is that, I think what Peyton, Peyton only has the the one. Did he get the Super Bowl MVP with uh, Indy? I, and I know Von Miller got it with uh, with uh, the Broncos. Uh, I think he got it with Indy. Yeah, when Peyton yeah. won with the Broncos, he was a liability on that team. Yeah, I got I got someone in the studio here saying that that Peyton did win the MVP for that game. So yeah, yeah. I yeah, but so. at the same time, you know, when you, when you look at it, Peyton's got what two or three league MVPs too. So it's, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think you can argue that Peyton was one hundred percent the better quarterback. Oh, he was better. He just wasn't more clutch. Yeah, I could see that. I, I could see, I could see making that argument. So this could be a whole episode. Yeah. We're gonna have to get you back. We're gonna <laughs> yeah, have a right. debate with prepared uh, statements. I'm pretty oh, excited. Yeah, <laughs> and if you guys ever want to do football, I'm all game for it. All game. Awesome. So, we should do a Boston's big debate. That'd be pretty fun. Debates Ooh. are the best. Yeah, we'll host it. it at makes Harvard. for great content. <laughs> be like <laughs> NFL hey, or go- XFL. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're not gonna go off on that tangent right there. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. No, we're, we're done. No, the XFL's done. They, they don't even. Yeah, yeah. They're That's, not coming back. But every, it seems. I don't know. Maybe it, you know. It might be one of those things. They pop up every twenty years and change the game. You got to remember. We got the Skycam because of the XFL. I mean, so. they were doing pretty well, but yeah. then the whole you know pandemic. I think. I think that's what screwed them over, though. That's that definitely screwed the, them over the, a little the bit. The tickets. That's the thing. Was that so? I wanted to go watch the uh, New York Guardians play, and so what they did at MetLife Stadium was it was only the lower section, and so if you wanted to get tickets, like you know in the bottom 10 rows, you know, even on like the 25 yard line, it's like $130 for tickets. I went to the, uh, I mean, granted, it's like the toilet bowl game. So I went to the uh, Giants against uh, Miami. It was Eli's last game, actually. We sat on the 25 yard line uh, about uh, 10, 15 rows up and uh, tickets were $79 a piece. So it's like, I'm wow. going to go watch an NFL game, you know, for that price. And, you know, you could go watch an XFL game for twice the price. Like it just... I'm not, gonna, up. not yeah, not gonna pay $130 to watch an XFL game. That is strangely no. expensive. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. weird. They got, probably got to recoup for not being a thing for so long. <laughs> At least they paid <laughs> their players, money. unlike the uh, the Alliance. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, but you know, Vince McMahon's got the money for that. I think that uh, that uh, Alliance of American Football was like that was just like kind of hodgepodge together. They just tried to rush and get it out. The XFL, you got to remember, they spent like three years. They got like they got uh, the the review guy from, uh, from Fox Sports uh, was like the, the head referee guy. They had uh, Andrew Luck's father was the commissioner of the league and stuff. So I mean they had a lot of good, they had a lot of good heads in there. Yeah, they had excited. Pat McAfee doing some uh, commentary. He's, oh, he's funny. He's funny. Uh, yeah, it, did you guys watch his podcast at all? 
No. I, uh, I, oh, I try to watch it here and there. Oh, yeah. my God. He's, he's fucking hilarious. Uh, he, uh, he interviewed this one guy that was uh, there. It was like, uh, you know, what, what's your favorite jersey and all that? And because he had a whole jersey wall behind him. Tells a story about uh, on the, uh, in the Pro Bowl once upon a time. Guy brought like his best friend there and they got all shit faced. Hate man and draws a dick on his buddy's best fr- on his buddy's face. You know, they see him in the they see him in the in the uh, elevator the next morning, and uh, you know they they were talking they exchange information. You know he contacted him, got a jersey, and asked him if he could write "ha ha" drew a dick on your face or something. He's like, "Nah, I can't do that." But um, but you know, just listen like just like the stuff that ha- that people tell on Pat McAfee is just it, it's great. That's so it's, funny. It's the whole backside of sports that you never hear. You're not gonna right. hear it on ESPN, you know? Right. Yeah, that's I mean that's always fun, and that's I always like those those edgier things when you get to hear the real stories. You know, like yeah. everything's all yeah. buttoned up on TV. So oh yeah, you never know. That's why I loved when we had Jarvis Green on. Like he told some good good stories from the Patriots locker room, like Belichick screaming at Junior Seau, telling him to shut the fuck up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. And like, yeah, and uh, Matt Light mooning the cameras, like when they're doing that drill. <laughs> well, when he they told uh, some good stories. They thought the rookies were stealing the lobster rolls or whatever. Oh yeah, the big, the big lobster, lobster tails. Yeah, yeah. He he followed Vince Wilfork to his car. They got in a fight about the lobster tails at the party. <laughs> like we we got some good Vince, stuff out of him. Vince Wilfork is the kind of guy you could expect to take the lobster rolls. Though. Oh yeah, as yeah. As a big man, as a big man. He never I, I thought he was accusing Jarvis of doing it. Doing it. Yeah, Jarvis I think he was. was he was so well, he offended. was mad because he wanted yeah. like probably half of them. Yeah, probably. That's why. <laughs> Classic. Uh, so I actually I did want to ask you. I mean, Eastman did mention it, but what your time was like playing professional um, hockey? So are you like, how did you get there from the states, and then what was it like, and how did you get your contact man. overseas? Yeah. So um, you know, man, it was uh, you know, it's a dream come true. You know, I mean, there's, I mean. What, you know, what more is to say, you know, you, I mean, you receive, you receive a paycheck to, to, to play hockey. I mean, it's, you, you know, I worked my whole life. I've been skating since I was like five, you know, did all the youth hockey and the travel hockey, went off and played juniors for a few years and, uh, you know, ended up, uh, you know, playing a little bit of like minor league level. Then I uh, ended up going to, uh, to Holland. I played over in Holland uh, and then uh, played two years in Romania. So, uh, I mean, you know, basically for me, I took like five years off in between, you know, when I first got out of juniors and then when I, uh, you know, when I went overseas, uh, you know, just had some shit happen in life, uh, you know, lost my focus and everything. And that's kind of like when I really put all my energy into music. I mean, most of the things I've accomplished with music happened in those five years. And then it was just like that passion was always missing for me. So, you know, um, I, I ended up getting, uh, it was actually twice, September 2015, I was 310 pounds. I'm only like 5'10". So, you know, I, uh, so I lost a hundred pounds in a, in a year and got wow. back into playing weight. I, I hadn't been on the ice for two years. Um, oh, you're like made, Tyson Fury, dude. Dude, it was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, I, I wish I had photos on me. I mean, I think they're somewhere on my Facebook, but, um, but yeah, the, um, you know, I, I lost all this weight and called the kid I played with, you know, a few years ago, you know, he was the captain of a team in Holland and, uh, and he, uh, you know, basically, you know, talked to the board for me and, uh, you know, they brought me on over and, uh, so, you know, I was playing over there, I was coaching. Uh, so, you know, everything was, uh, you know, everything was, uh, hang on, it's a freaking text message coming in. But yeah, you know, so everything was pretty cool with that. And that just kind of opened the door, uh, ran into some visa issues over there, came back, played out in Idaho, 
um, you know, went to uh, went to a camp, uh, kind of, uh, it's, it's like a like a double A minor camp uh, out in, uh, out for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, basically, I was just too old at that point. I was 27 years old. They have a very active. You know, that's the one thing about the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, organization um, was, you know, they're a top-notch organization from the top down. I mean, you know, for the whole camp, you know, they had, like, the, the organization chefs there, you know, making us, you know, lunch and stuff. Um, you know, we got to see their facilities and everything. It was it was amazing. Uh, and, the, uh, the you know, the coach, you know, he's a no-bullshit guy. He just came up to me and said, you know, like, can you make this team? Absolutely. But you're 27 years old. If you look at the Penguins roster – you know, 75, 80% of the guys had played in the minor leagues. Like, and so they're actively, they're, they're kind of a role model in the NHL right now where they're actually capitalizing on, on their draft picks and bringing people up. Yeah. So when that happened, I'm like, okay, so am I going to stay here in the United States? You know, uh, you know, if you play at like a single A minor level, you're making like $200 or 290 a week or something. Uh, if you play at a double A minor level, you're making like 600 a week. So I'm like, am I, am I going to do that? Or am I going to go to Europe and make 2500 a month and they cover my living expenses and I see the world? So, you know, that opened up such an opportunity for me. I mean, I've, I've seen like seven or eight different countries. You know, I've, I've lived in two other countries. And in Romania, I had a, I had a fucking laugh. Man. You know, the conversion rate was, was $1 equals four, uh, four of their currency. So, wow. um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the guys awesome. on my team, yeah, the guys on my team, they used to fuck around and call me Baronsa. Which was, uh, which basically, it's like barren. Like you're somebody rich, noble, you know, stuff uh, like that. Just because I was taking taxi cabs to practice, you know. I mean, oh, interesting. You know, so I mean, it was a, a five dollar cab ride. You know what the fuck was that to me? You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't get an Uber for five dollars around here, you know, in the United States. So you know, for me, it was it wasn't a big deal. I mean, you could buy, you know, the the beer comes in five hundred milliliters. So um, so basically, you could buy two liters of beer. It come out to two dollars thirty cents U.S. Yeah, oh, <laughs> so when, when you, yeah, I, you know, I took one of my teammates out to dinner one night. You know, we we each had uh, two beers. We had a big old freaking meal. You know, it, we had like a salad to start. We had uh, it, it's a it's a national dish dish called meech, and it's like it's like lamb and pork and beef, and they mix it together and make a sausage out of it. And it came with like potatoes and, and all this other stuff. It's a huge meal, and then they then you get like dessert on top of it. So for both of us, I mean, this is one of the more expensive meals in the area. It came out to like $35. Oh, boy. For the both That's of us. amazing. Damn. Eat yeah. nice every night. Damn. Yeah, right? That's the move. Yeah, you know, I mean, if, if you went to like the Sheridan Hotel, which was like the nice hotel, went to like the top floor restaurant. Yo, Dave, you got, you got birds over there or is that a dog? Like, what's, <laughs> what's going on? Are the birds Molly's Molly's upset. I don't know. She went to daycare today. She had a great day. She's, they're both the star <laughs> of the week at she daycare. She went to love it, Dave. She wants your love, didn't I know she does, man. She's a good girl. You can give her a little ruffling. We won't be mad. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> no, ahead. No. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're all good, man. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, uh, you know, if you went to like the Sheridan Hotel, went to the restaurant on the top floor, it's like a tuxedo seven-piece dinner. It's like sixty dollars per person. You know? So, wow. What was yeah, your favorite? Man. Did you discover like any new type of food that you like now will seek out? That's like your new favorite food while you were doing that. Um, I know that sounds weird. Did you over, discover anything that you liked? So over, yeah, okay. So over in uh, the Netherlands, they. Uh, I lived about an hour and a half north of uh, Amsterdam, uh, so I was in like windmill country, like where you can see all the canals and everything. It was it was the Dutch farmland. It was uh, wow. the, the uh, province I lived in was called Friesland. Um, they're really known for like you know their dairy and all that. Uh, so like the, the cheeses in Holland were just out of this world. I mean. 
when you walk into like your supermarket or whatever and you see like the meat section, that's that's how their cheese section is. It, it was oh, unbelievable. Wow. Um, and it was like, but, was I don't know how long it takes, but like, are those like fresh, like first cuts or will you see like kind of the same block getting chopped down day by day? Uh, you know, I, I wasn't really, I mean, some of the, the cheese was good. I'm not like a cheese aficionado. I don't know all that information, Okay. but the, but they had a delicacy there called uh, uh sugar brook, which is sugar bread. And, um, and it's uh, basically they take like, like cubes of, of like sugar and they bake it into the bread and it like caramelizes. So when you, so when you cut this bread and it's like fresh and you have like, like melted sugar in there, it's wow. like, I, I can't describe it. it. It tastes how sex feels, man. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, it sounds like it. I gotta go guys. Let's make a trip. Let's, I was going to say, we should try to make, we should try to make some of that stuff. Sugar bread. Uh, we we probably, could probably make it. Yeah. We could probably, probably make it. It's, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's like a really traditional kind of, you know, kind, kind of thing that they do there. And I, like, I was eating so much of that. I started putting on a few pounds. I was like, gosh, you guys still there? Yep. 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 We got you. Sorry. Yeah. So no, no it was, it was like, you know, it was, it was, I was started putting on a few pounds. I was like, Oh, I got to back off of that a little bit. So yeah, some of those delicacies are just too good. Yeah, I, I, I would mean, assume sugar bread isn't the healthiest thing. Sounds kind of like a donut, basically. Carbs <laughs> <laughs> and sugar, man. It's not good. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> was it anything like a glazed donut, or was the bread like a thick kind of like sourdough almost? Um, not sourdough, but think think thing. of it as more more of like a like a wheat bread. You know, it's okay. It it, uh, it wasn't like an Italian bread. Like it didn't have like a, like a like a rigid crust. You know, it was. Mm. Just, it was just a fresh loaf of bread, man. And it's just like the, the sugar was almost, it was almost liquidy on the inside. It was, yeah. I'm going to do but, like, this. If you, if you can yeah. imagine, if you no, can we're imagine, making this. We're making yes. this. Yeah. Uh, imagine like marble rye, right? You know how you see like the swirl yeah. in it? That was like kind of how the sugar was. Like, the, like wow. the, the swirl would be like the sugar. It was, dude, it's, it's unbelievable. It's so Damn. good. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, we got to cancel this podcast and just go make some of that right now. <laughs> <laughs> do it live on the podcast. I'm catching the next flight to Boston if you guys do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that's awesome. So you were in Holland and Romania. Are That's our, where I lived, yeah. Well, oh, for so not for different segments like that. Is that where you lived like at the same time while you played in no, Holland? No, no, no. So in, in 2016, I was I was there in, uh, in uh, Hierophane and uh, Kroningen. In, uh, which is the northern part of Holland. And then when I was in Romania in 2017 and 2018, I, I uh, lived in Bucharest. Oh, I so, see. Okay. Yeah. So actually, you know, we, we played up in uh, Transylvania and all that. So they had like the whole Dracula's castle and everything up there. It was, it was really cool. Oh, nice. damn. So that, I, I've, I guess, I always thought that was kind of like half lore. There really is like a Dracula's castle. <laughs> so I'm going to try, I, like, I, I hope uh, if I'm, if I'm wrong, then I could get corrected in the comments or whatever. But, uh, basically it was based off of, uh, it was like, I think his name was like, uh, Ivan Dragul. Um, and right. he was, oh, uh, I think I've, I've heard some of this. Right? Yeah. And he was like, like a relative of like Vlad the Impaler or something. Um, and so basically, you know, as story goes, is the actual uh, castle that Bram Stoker wrote about is in Germany but it was based off of a guy that was like, you know, a, like a vicious warlord or whatever in, in uh, Romania. And so the funny thing about it is that uh, like Vlad the Impaler and all them, they like preserved European culture. So at the time uh, the Turkish empire was like one of the most, you know, 
dominant, you know, empires. And so when you come up from Turkey, you have like Bulgaria and, you know, some of the Balkans, and then you're in Romania. Um, well, Romania gets its name from the Roman Empire. And so Romanian language, even though it's surrounded by all these like Russian sounding languages, and they all use like Cyrillic alphabet and stuff. It's uh, Romanian is is the purest form of Latin based language, similar to what they spoke in ancient Rome. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So, so, and so did they not preserve other cultures or was it just like certain ones? So, so the thing was, is that, you know, when they came up to try to invade, you know, they would, uh, it was, they would go at war with like the Austro-Hungarian Empire and they wouldn't even try to go to Romania because they hear about this, you know, basically vampire that's like sticking people on poles and drinking their fucking blood. And that's them. so interesting. So and back then you problem. can't Google it. You just hear about it. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, so, so, you know, you know it's, to some extent, it, you know, the, the jury's out on whether like this guy was like actually drinking the blood of his enemies and everything. I think that know? would make you sick, right? Like, especially it can't be knows? good for you. Yeah. It's, it's probably not good for you. You know, but, what's interesting. Yep. As you started saying this history, I think they touch on this or like they try to tie it in in like one of the more recent Dracula movies um, because they yeah. tried to like revamp it a few years ago. And I'm like all what you were just saying. I'm like, this sounds like true, but I thought it was fake. But it's like now I'm like, I, I yeah. understand now they were trying to make it part of like the real story. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, like so, like I said, they, you know, Romania basically got like you know cut off from all these other cultures so it was like you know so they didn't uh you know so they they kind of like that that language got preserved even though everything around it but there still is some influences so like to say yes in romanian the word is da it's the same thing as in russian Interesting. but but like you know um we like we have an italian restaurant down the street from me in new york called Noctabuna, which basically means good night and that's like, you know, that's how you say goodnight in Romanian as well. So it's like Italian and Romanian are very similar. Oh, that's interesting. That is yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Because I always think of Italian and Spanish as being so close. And I would never think mm. Spanish is anything like uh, other than like those Romance languages. So like, I, that's kind of interesting to hear. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's, it's a wild language. It's very difficult to learn. Um, you know, Dutch, Dutch was surprisingly easy to learn. Uh, after a few months of being, I think it was about three months of being there. I, um, you know, I, I basically was like conversational. Like I could go about my everyday life in the city and like order my food and, and, you know, get a, get like a ride and, and everything like that, uh, communicate with people on a basic level because Dutch is so similar to English. It's more similar to English mm. than it is German, believe it or not. Really? So, mm. yeah. Wow. So yeah, it was, it was really cool, man. You know, going to Europe was a huge culture shock to me. It was, uh, you know, because it was there was so much that was and like another touching up on that was that like in uh, in the Netherlands it was like even it felt more like modern like kind of Western but it wasn't like America but in Romania it's like if you if you see like these videos of like the bad Russian drivers in Romania they are that bad it, I mean people oh, wow. like park on the sidewalks <laughs> and drive on the wrong side of the road uh, stoplights and stop signs mean absolutely nothing to these people. Wow. Um, and the buildings, they look like, you know, the old Soviet, you know, Soviet Union buildings because that's, you know, that's where these people live. Um, but it's like there was McDonald's everywhere, Starbucks everywhere. They had Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, KFC, you know, it was Subway. I, I mean, it was, it was Domino's. All the good stuff. Pizza. Yeah, I mean, it was just all of it. It was like they had more American stuff there than Holland did. But it was huh. kind of like a time warp in Romania 
versus being in Western Europe. So, yeah. That's it interesting. Was, it, yeah, it was crazy. I do wonder if that has something to do, it, it must have something to do with the difference in culture. Like, I mean, it yeah. sounds like they're more grab and go over there as far as all the things you listed. Like, But you, are, you have to remember, part, part of that is like during the Soviet Union, I, I mean, you know, when the USSR was around, like during the Cold War and stuff, you know, you couldn't get rock and roll records, you couldn't get Levi jeans. And if they found you with it, they'd throw you in the gulag. Like, that's, that's a real thing. So when finally the Berlin Wall collapsed and everything and the Soviet Union dissolved, like American culture just flooded the place. Like, you know, it was, I mean, now all of a sudden, you know, you, you have access to all these American brands and music and everything over there. Um, you know, I, I got to actually see in like this, in like the city center, uh, Rod Stewart uh, performed there. And really? there, was, there was like tens of thousands of people in the streets singing to Rod Stewart. Like it was, it was mind blowing. Mind that's awesome that, yeah that sounds amazing i want to be there <laughs> right uh, dude you yeah. saw the whole thing i uh, let give me your memories i need no. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah some some of them are blacked out just just a <laughs> <laughs> hey that's fair we got to do that so this is a uh, this is actually a good sweat segue into music so we got you on for mayday um talk about mayday a little bit Wow. Um, yeah. So like I said, you know, I, music, like during that little five-year hiatus in, uh, in, in my hockey career, um, you know, music was just like kind of like the passion for me. Uh, I started producing at uh, like 12, 13, you know, so back in like the early 2000s, um, uh, we were talking before the show about I was started with like, you know, FL Studio 3 or 4 or something like that. Uh, my, older my older brother was, uh, you know, he was born you know, 13 years ahead of me. So, um, you know, so he had a huge influence in my, you know, in my life as far as like, you know, music and stuff. Um, and he grew up in Germany, you know, when my dad was in the service. So um, <laughs> he was in Germany. He was actually a rapper. He had like a little uh, rap collective that they did. So uh, he used to have me make beats for him. He taught me, downloaded Fruity Loops. And, you know, we started, um, you know, started mess messing around on it. And, I, and it got real serious. And then like after, you know, I kind of put hockey on the back burner, I just went full bore into it and just kind of you know, just really started developing, meeting a lot of people, started making songs, and then, uh, you know, and then obviously kicked off my hockey career again, and then, and um, you know, and then just, like, loosely just started doing some music. So this project, some of these beats are from, like, 2014 and stuff. Um, but, you know, but the thing is, is that these are, you know, these are things that I wanted to do for a long time. I wanted to put out, like, it's almost like a, like a Mike Will or a DJ Mustard kind of project where it's all my beats, you know, I, I did all the engineering, the mixing and mastering on it, and just kind of reached out to artists everywhere. I mean, Boston is, is really, you know, God, you guys represent hard on it. I got the track with Dave Eastie, um, yeah. you know, got uh, Hush Harding on it, got Mike Ross on it, um, you know, so it's, uh, so it, like I said, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of love from Boston there. Chicago too, got a lot, I got a lot of people from Chicago on, on the track. Um, but you know, there's people from all over the place. I got artists from from Chicago, artists from Minneapolis, artists from uh, from Virginia, you know, artists from Boston. I, I mean, artists from Philly. I, I got guys from all over the place, and it, you know, all in all, it just came, it came out so great, man. It's, and how'd you uh, how'd you connect with all these people from all over the place? Well, in Boston, I know you know Dave in his intro. Uh, you know, he mentioned uh, I, I got linked up with Hush probably back in like 2012, 2013. Uh, you know, he was doing some uh, some contests and stuff. And uh, if you guys know Macalo, 
Um, you know, yep. he, uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, he, we got linked up through the underground scene. And uh, so I did some mixing for him. And uh, then he had to enter this contest with Hush. So he linked me with Hush. And then, you know, I ended up working with Hush. You know, Hush has done a lot of graphic work for me. Um, you know, I've done I've done some mixes. Like, whenever his, his rig went down, I did a few mixes for him and stuff like that. You know, we always bounce philosophy. I got mad respect for Hush. You know, Hush is uh, the guy, the kid's a grinder. He's, he's a beast lyrically. Lyrically, he's, I mean, he's up there with some of the best guys I've heard. You know, his metaphors, his punchlines, you know, he's, he makes stuff that is relevant. Like, because, you know, he did this track that, that he's on. He did this track for me back in, like, 2016. And um, so, Dope. yeah, we just never got around to releasing it. And But it's like the shit that he says is still relevant. His punchlines are still fresh. So it's like, you know, we're four years later, and it's still, like, that's the, to me, that's the sign of a great artist, is if mm. you can look back on your catalog and be like, damn, I was smoking the mic back. That's, that's pretty dope. But yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these people is just, you know, it's just uh, networking is such a huge thing. Um, you know, I got work with uh, my boy, Taib Ali. Uh, he used to be on Def Jam. He's Taib Ali. I know who that is. Yeah. yeah that's my boy. He's I, I, super I, dope. I used to listen to him like back in high school. I still know. Yeah. I, I forget. I forget what songs he, I used to listen to. Yeah, but yeah he's probably, dope. Uh, do it. Uh, yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm a high school dropout. Oh, yes. It, that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. one. That yeah, was the yeah. one. Yeah, yep. he's got that Keystone State of Mind, all that. Keystone stuff. Yeah. State of Mind, yep. No, he's fire. So uh, yeah, so yeah, Taib Ali, yeah, he, uh, you know, I I submitted a track to him, and he hit me back. He was like, "Bro, this this joint's fucking wild." And so yeah, you know, next thing you know, like you know, I'm just we're sending shit back and forth to each other. Um, his most recent project, my actually it was it was awesome because uh, you know this this guy's got like I think he's got like thirty thousand monthly listeners on on uh, on Spotify, um, and. Uh, my track was the number one listened to track off of his album. So awesome. that was like super dope. Uh, his, uh, his project underrated. I did two tracks for him. Uh, we released a few singles and then, so he hit me back with this, with this track for this project, uh, that we did just a few months ago. And, um, so yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it's a lot of love with him, man. And, uh, you know, That's it's just, dope. That's it's dope. all about networking, you know, it's just building relationships and just trying, you got to be upfront with everybody, you know, it's, uh, you know, like, like Dave was saying, you know, it's like, if I make something, I'm like, damn, you know, East will rip this. I'll send him something and see what he's thinking. So, you know, it's just, it's just trying to yeah. keep an open working relationship, being 100 with people and, and just keep it moving, you know? Yeah. What do you think yeah. about, what do you think about Eastie's skills on the mic? He sucks. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, like his, his track, his track is one of my favorite tracks uh, on this project. Uh, I hit him up and like dude he got it done in three days like yeah i sent him the track he hit me back bro what the fuck this is fire i'm gonna start writing the mm -hmm. next day he sends me a video preview of it and then the uh and then the next day uh owen went over uh went over with him and recorded the shit they sent it yeah. to me and it was you know it i didn't know where this track was gonna fit on the project like as far as like in a track listing but his intro man he's like AOP Blaze, they ask me why my shit so, shit so fly. I tell them I'm a staple in my city like the sit go sign. Let's yeah. go. I'm like, <laughs> that is dope. Yo, I, was just, I was like, fuck, man. Like, yo, and then, and then like, because it's a guitar-based sample. So it's like, yo, when that guitar rip kicks in, you know, he's, and he's like, don't call it a comeback, baby. Like, to me, that's like, you know, that's like, that embodies the project. So it's my lead mm -hmm. track on the album. It's track number one. It, it Hell was yeah. The I'm excited heard, about that. Hell yeah. yeah. 
that's what's up. I, yeah, the minute I heard it, there was no doubt in my mind that that was that that was track number yep. one. I mean, yep. that's like it just like I said, it embodied everything. It's like you know, don't call it a comeback. Like yeah. for me, it's like I never stopped doing music. I just don't do it like I used to do anymore. Right. You know, and it's like I'm putting this project out. I mean, the entire thing. It's just it's flame after flame after flame yep. after flame. Everybody. I mean, I tried. I tried to have everybody approach this like we're like we're doing a single. So mm. it's like you know we got 12 tracks on this thing. It's like it's not like you know some killers and some fillers and stuff like that. Everybody just fucking smoked it when they went in. So you know there's gonna be something for everybody on this. It's, it's gonna be real good. So hell yeah. um, you mentioned that networking is key in in a lot of these projects and. And in this one, you did get a lot, a lot of people from a bunch of different places. And I was curious. I haven't heard the, yeah. the project yet, obviously. So I'm, I was curious. Did you look for people with similar styles on, or not just this project, but other projects? Or do you find like having a, a common theme in this in the project is uh, like well, better? Well, sort of. You know, I mean, for for me, you know, and that's kind of how I'm going to market this. Is like I don't I don't like marketing things as an album or a project. Like for me, I'm going to market it, you know, it's a, it's a music experience. Like I want okay. people to be able to, to, to feel these tracks. I want them to be able to pick up like, like one of the artists I work with out of Chicago, her name is Viasty. She's a female artist. She is a fucking killer. Like she her like she is, she's super conscious. Like she talks about all the nonsense that's going on in Chicago, senseless killings, drive-bys, you know, talking about all this and just really hitting on like, like, you know, like things got to change, you know, and, and the only people that are going to be able to change are like within their community. So obviously, you know, stuff like that isn't, you know, it, it isn't, um, uh, it, it isn't solo to Chicago. You know, there's people in LA, there's people right now in Seattle, there's people in Minneapolis, there's people in New York, Boston, Atlanta, everywhere, Houston, that are going to be able to relate to, you know, senseless violence and, and you know, like this glorified bullshit that, that's going on, that they're going to be able to actually feel it and, uh, you know, and, and, and like relate to it. So to me, that's like, I wanted people to, to like drop something like, you know, and with Eastie, you know, he touches on, on a, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the people that he's lost in his life, you know, and he does it in such a, such a poetic way. You know, and, but he makes it listenable too. So, like to me, that that's my whole thing is I don't want people just spitting nonsense and and not you know like you know it, I mean if you're just like there's one like the track I got with, with Hush right you know is um it, like it's 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 your gritty underground cipher kind of feeling track, but it's like he does it in a clever way. I don't want mm. people to have to be mindlessly listening to the, because you could have so much to say but say nothing at all. You know. Oh yeah yeah yeah. No, plenty, yeah. plenty of rappers do that. Yeah, yeah for sure. mean, especially, especially like in the underground scene. And, you know, that's kind of why I stepped away from the online rap scene is because there's a lot of people that have awesome metaphors and, you know, and, and different like, you know, ways that they put things like just their, their, their wordplay. But it's like at the end of the day is like you're just rhyming words and, and making metaphors. What are you actually saying? Right. Like, yeah. Is there any content here or are you just – playing with words which right. i respect i respect the craft but it's just like you know people wonder why oh well i'm such a good mc why haven't i why haven't i blown up well it's mm. because you know you're trying to make music to impress other rappers you're you know? just mm. well a lot and a lot of times those rappers the only thing they rap about is how good they are at rapping exactly <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, like so all they all they rap about is i'm a better rapper than you 
all these new rappers suck. I'm the best rapper. It's like, okay, but what can you rap about other than how good you are? Well, the thing is, you know? is like, you know, if you, if you look at some of the people that are, that are like really making it and like actually have like decent wordplay, it's like, you know, I don't want to, if I'm listening to something on, on my way to work, I don't want to have to sit here. Oh, I got to listen to this thing four times to catch, you know, to catch everything you're saying. I, I want to, I want to be able to listen to it. I want to say, oh, that was slick and, mm -hmm. and kind of get it. It has to be easy to listen to. Mm -hmm. It has to be clever to some extent. You got to have a knock and beat too. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a recipe to have a successful track. And, mm -hmm. you know, but like a lot of, a lot of rappers nowadays, there's people that are super talented, but they just don't get the recipe. They don't want to put it all together, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I have to say, uh, as far as like re-listening, re-listening to things, uh, I usually appreciate if, and it kind of goes into the tolerating some of that nonsense where you think maybe someone's just putting something in there to fill out the rhyme scheme or it just sounds good because that like hits at the right time. So, but yeah. then like after a few times hearing it back, there are maybe some cool things and like how they put it and it did actually mean yeah. something, but then you realize this, Oh my God, that line was even deeper than I thought. And then yeah. I, I appreciate that song a little more. And then as I hear it again, Absolutely. like, Sometimes, like, I've had some songs that I, I've had three or four things throughout it that I'm like, oh, my gosh, he really was saying also this. And now that makes sense why this came after that. Yeah. Now. And it's, it actually, like, kind of, and, and I find the song still enjoyable even the first time through. So there well, is I've, definitely I've, a balance there. I've definitely had songs where I, it took me, like, the 100th listen to pick up on something, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I've been listening know, to this song for a year and I just understood that line. Like I never even thought about it before. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's cool. Like, you know, when stuff like that gets slid into, but then, like I said, then there's, there's like some songs where it's like you listen to and it's, and it's like the whole thing is an enigma. It's right. like, you're just sitting there trying to figure it's out. Like, it's like, it's like one giant puzzle that they yeah, want yeah. you to figure out. Like it's tech like, nine. I would say right. tech nine does that. I would say Eminem with his newer stuff does that a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, there's some things where it's like, you know, there's so many like double, triple, and, you know, I mean, even the best of them could do a quadruple entendre, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's like, I don't want to sit here trying to listen to and enjoy the song and decipher everything. I want to be able to enjoy it and be like, oh, that's slick. And like you guys said, you know, go back like on a second or third listen. Like, oh, damn, that just happened, you know? But it's like, it shouldn't take you the hundred listens to understand the song, you know? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely an in-between because I will say like when you're just kind of, I, I would compare it to like the machine gun spitting that people kind of like to hyperbolize. Like if someone doesn't appreciate rap, that's like kind of what they would do. Like, yeah. like classic, it almost sounds like the, like a machine gun. So you're just like, okay, that, that I would even agree. Like it's a, it's egregious. Like it's too much sometimes to hear just over and over repetition. And it's kind of like, it's just tongue twisting, which yeah again, that, a that bothers so. me when people rap like, ridiculously fast but they're saying nothing of any substance yeah. for example buster rhymes and look buster, at me now <laughs> yeah i always bring that up i always say that's the most overrated verse of all time buster yeah. rhymes and look at me now read the lyrics to that verse he's saying nothing i he's saw like, him perform like bada live, boom bada bing like fun. that's all he's saying <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah i mean i actually i actually got an artist uh called playboy the beast on uh on this uh uh, track and he's uh you know he's like a horrorcore kind of uh you know he does one of those you know chopping um you know that's like that's what he's known for is his ability to, to to rap you know double and triple time verses yeah. and stuff that, um, that's hard to do and, i mean that's not so not yeah it, that. it is now what he did with my track was was it's a 24 bar verse and 
he incorporated the double time into it. Um, you know, at certain points, like there's, there's parts where he's like, you know, rapping, you know, just single time, then he'll speed it up to double time. But you can clearly hear what he's saying. And, and he's talking and like the substance of what he's saying is, you know, right. like, I, you know, I put in all this work, you know, and, and all this other, he's talking about all the, his body of work as an artist, you mm. know, and, and talking about how, I mean, and it kind of fits in with, with the tone of the, uh, you know, the tone of the song where he's talking about like, you know, he's, he's a lyrical monster. He's a beast, you know? And, and that like, that was really like the whole premise of that track. So, you know, it really fit in. Yeah. No, if you can execute the fast flow and like actually be coherent and say something, it's, it's incredibly, it's an incredibly yeah. unique talent. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, well, but, uh, you know, I got the, I actually just got it the other day. It was, uh, Everything was approved, um, you know. Uh, it's you know uh, the release date is set for uh, Saturday the twenty seventh. Okay. So, you know, so awesome. do you do Mark the your calendars, folks. Yourself? What's do you, that? Do you do the mastering yourself? So it sounded like did you outsource um, parts of that or? So no, um, you know, I I was thinking about doing uh, you know outsourcing uh, the, the the mix and the master, but the thing is, man, is it's just you know it's so hard to find you know, people that are like, you know, really competent when it comes to mixing. Um, you know, it's like, I think, you know, we touched up on it a little bit before I'll, I'll dive into it now is, is uh, just kind of like the mix theories and stuff like that. Nowadays, you know, people like they, they, they spike the eight, 10 K range. And they just, you know, they want that high range to, to pierce through the, the, the track, you know, when, when reality, your, your low range, you know, everyone's got bass in their voice. They have, some people talk like this, you know, and some people are really high pitched and all this. So you have to go through there, you know, individually and, and pick, you know, the peaks uh, and, and where, you know, the, like the frequency ranges that people's voices are hidden. You know, this way you can, um, you know, this way you can actually you know, make their, their voice cut through and move everything else in the mix, uh, you know, in the spectrum so that it, so that it goes through. Um, you know, you, you can't just, uh, you can't just, you know, delete the, the low end and, and spike the high end and think it's going to sound good. Every part of, uh, of a person's vocal mix is super important. Hell yeah. So, um, I got to jump off because I got to get up in a couple hours for work, but you guys keep this going. I just didn't want to be rude, uh, jump right off on you. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on when, yeah. This COVID shit is over. We gotta, you gotta come up to Boston. We gotta all get together, and uh, we gotta. Well, we got a secret that we're uh, that we're holding on to too. So we'll definitely, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have you back yeah. on. But I'll, uh, I'll hit you up. Um, I'll be in touch with you tomorrow. All right. Yeah, no doubt, brother. Thank you so awesome. much, man. Appreciate you. Later, I appreciate easy. you. Peace, Peace guys. Yeah, man. So, yeah, like, like Dave Thank said. Thank God we yeah. got rid of him, right? No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> no, dog, right? No, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we're working on some, on some big shit. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm really excited to work with him. I know that we've, uh, you know, we've been, uh, you know, talking about trying to get a video for his track. And, uh, you know, so probably, hopefully sometime soon he'll go up there and, you know, be able to, uh, to get that going. Word. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you got a lot in the vault based on how much you've been working and you're working on, you have, have things in the vault from 2014 that are yeah. coming out now. So and uh, you, you wouldn't believe how many tracks, I mean, I got, man, so many tracks that like, you know, like you know, I've, that there's, there's tracks that people have paid me for and they've never released. And I'm just like, you know, 
at, at, at what point does it become okay? It's been five years. You haven't released this track. Am I freedom to to move it on? Like, you know, like mm. at, at that point, it just seems like you know you just wanted to blow your money and you know. Right. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not gonna. Yeah, you know, I don't know, but it's. But then there's then there's things where it's like you know with Eastie there's like you know like you know with Eastie I want like I like building stuff with him like for like with him I I don't have a problem you know like if I have a if I have a, a song that 100% is is you know up with him you know I won't have a problem sending it to him and saying hey let's let's work on something mm-hmm. and uh, you know like like with with that man it's just like I, I got so many beats like that that I've sent to people especially like I said 2013. 2013 and 2014 man i was killing it like i got so many fucking just classic beats from that from that those two years that nobody ever did anything yeah and so uh yeah i mean i'm talking about like killers like if i released uh, like a few of them i tried to release with this project but you know again it's just you know working with rappers that you know aren't on their shit like i had a, I had probably about six or seven guys i hit up to be a part of this project i really wanted this to be about 15 16 tracks and it came down to 11 and then i was able to add a 12th one that i really wanted to add at the last minute um but you know people people yeah oh thanks so much for reaching out man i'm excited to be a part of it you know the original release date was supposed to be june for or was on uh, may 1st that's why it was that was kind of the play on the whole May Day thing, you know. Oh, okay. It was like it's in the middle of this whole COVID nineteen shit, and then May, and then all this other, and then but you know here we are. It's going to be almost July by the time it gets released. So interesting, and that's better that's late than never. That's a good back cover for the when you have the insert. Yeah, yeah, man, story absolutely. on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. true. There, yeah, you know, like I said, there's there's a little bit of stories, you know, behind all of it. Uh, there's one track on there, uh, Viva which I actually just found out uh, a few days ago that the track act- it was supposed to be unreleased. Nobody told me that it got released back in 2015. So it's uh, with a rapper called Speechless. It's my boy, Derek. He passed away back in 2015. He got into a car accident out in Montana. And he was hands down one of the better rappers I've ever worked with. And it's, wow. But it's like, it, the, you know, hearing it, like, like I said, it, it was supposed to be unreleased. Apparently it got released. It was unbeknownst to me, unbeknownst to several people i actually went through the proper channels and asking for permission to release the track because i thought it was on um mm. but uh but yeah so but when i hear the verse you know he's uh you know he, he's he's talking about uh you know uh, uh, i'm like you know uh i'll be found once more in the scenery uh in the scenery before you know painted by the photographer before i can't really remember the lyrics right off the bat but it's like the way he's talking it's like it's like he's speaking from the afterlife you know oh, man like coming back and saying like you know i'll be found once more from the photographer who shot the scenery before that's the line and it's like when i think about it it's like i'm the photographer i'm my mm. beat was the photograph and his his track on the song was the photograph i'll be found once more you know you know, from the mm. photographer who shot the scenery before. It's like, like the minute I heard that, it was just like, like just chills, chills. I yeah. mean, the, the air on the back of my neck stood up. It was, you know, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, that does, that gets pretty deep. I mean, that's, yeah, that is. When, wow, especially that's when things are like posthumous, that's always like people are saying like Tupac's releasing things after his I mean, just, like, just hearing are- someone's voice after they've passed is alone. That alone can give you chills, but the fact that he said when it's something stuff relevant, like that, yeah. right. Yeah. You know, and yeah, like I said, you know, it was, it was, it was crazy, man. But uh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, 
I mean, you know, he's, he's obviously moved on. It was a tragic accident, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, but, you know, it's, it's like, that's why, you know, that's the beauty of art is like, you know, especially with music, you get mm -hmm. to hear these people's voice again. It's almost like they get to talk to you again. You know, yep. if, if you're yep. familiar with the content of their songs, you can hear the experience and maybe you were a part of it. Um, you know, there was a music video that was shot back in like 2014 that he was a part of and stuff. And it, you know, showed us hanging out together and everything. And so it was like, you know, it, like stuff like that. It's, it, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so you had mentioned before uh, that that there um, some of the artists like they they may have paid you for a track, but they they never released it. And I don't know if that yeah. includes all platforms or just if releasing it also includes performing live. Because we've actually talked before um, on the podcast about how there's different. Uh, I'm here. I guess like no, it's all good. So. Uh, like different artists won't always uh they'll perform certain songs live but will never yeah. it's not like out anywhere to find and uh i'm curious like ha have you kept in touch with any of those artists to know like if yeah you know so i i i've never you know i don't i don't really typically leave on bad terms with anybody you know i try to conduct my business as, as professionally as possible so it's like when i get paid for a service i offer the service now there's people who have paid me for for like mixing and mastering services and it's like, you know, then they never send the tracks they want me to mix and master. And I'm like, mm. you know, it's like, you know, I, I, there's even been a few times where I offered. So they just gave you money for nothing. Yeah. Like, you know, there's someone, that, there, there's someone that paid me, I think it was like $250 for, you know, to, to do an entire project for the mixing and mastering. And uh, it's, it's like, they sent me two tracks. I got it done, sent them, sent the two, two tracks back and they were supposed to get me some more. And it's like, you know, a few weeks go by, I say, hey, you know, what's the story on this? Oh, yeah, I'm going to get it recorded and sent to you. And, you know, this all happened back in, like, 2015. And I still haven't heard. They deleted me from Facebook. So I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? You know, it's like I follow up with the person. And, yeah, yeah I'm going to get it recorded. I'm going to get it done. And, hmm. you know, I mean, it's like now it puts me in it. It puts me in a shitty spot. It's like, oh, am I supposed to refund, refund this person, you know, five years later? Or Only if they ask for it. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I wouldn't but, say so. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say so. They chose to give you their money and do nothing. So. That's, that's kind of like my whole point is, you know, right. it's like I cleared off a, a two-week slate to, to make time, you know. Yeah, the work's it, done. The project, yeah. Right. But, they, you know, if you're not going to send me the stuff to work on, like, I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. So. That is interesting. Have it's, you uh, – um, Paying, for, paying for beats for and not – you know, that's a bad investment paying for stuff and then not, not using it, it. Well, i mean it's my money but it's not my money you know so it's <laughs> right yeah no I, what are you I, saying I, though Owen? no i was curious like do people have people come back like years later for a refund on a beat like that sounds absurd. i've no i've never had somebody do that you know it's yeah but that's that's the thing is but that's how that's how underground rappers work you know is it's like a lot of times they you know it's, it's like they'll they'll pay for they'll pay for a beat and they never then they never do a song with it they'll They'll pay for they'll pay a graphic artist for artwork and then they never release. I I'm guilty of that one. You know, I was supposed mm. to release a project back in 2016 and it just fell apart. You know, I mean, well, I, I guess I got, that happens. Yeah, yeah, you know, it should happen. Yeah, you know, but it's like I'd rather I'd rather waste fifty dollars on artwork than a couple hundred dollars on production or or you know engineering services. I was always under the impression that artists like kind of well, I guess if if they're able to hear the beat beforehand, they would already have a song crafted before they bought it. Yeah. So the thing with me is I don't 
I don't do like the whole beat stars thing or anything. Okay. Like that. SoundCloud. Like I don't put my music. It's okay. Too, yeah, yeah. It's too easy to rip off, and then on top Definitely. of that, you know, for me being a sample based producer, like if you can figure out what my sample is, you can recreate the song. Mm. So, mm. so for me, I only work on a come to basis. So it's like you know, you hear like I have a, I have a uh, on my website, I have a uh, uh, like a portfolio of music of things I've done for other people. It's like, so if you like, you know, any one of those songs, say, hey, can you make something like this? Or if you, if you want me to make a beat that sounds like a, like a, like a ninth wonder beat, which is, that, that's like my biggest, you know, uh, comparison is people yeah. say that my beats sound like ninth wonder. That's it's, a good comparison. Yeah, I would say. He's a hell of a producer. <laughs> this guy's a legend, you know? He is. But yeah, it's, you know, but it's like, uh, so someone sends me a track by ninth wonder, like, yo, I need something that sounds like this. Like the way this was chopped, like, you know, the, the melody, the tone of everything, you know, that's what, like, to me, okay, give me a few days, so I'll make, like, a little, you know, eight bars, you know, I'll do, like, a, like, an intro, an eight bar, and then a, uh, and then, like, a, uh, a hook, and send it to him, like, hey, is this along the lines of what you're doing? Yes, I'll keep working on it. No, we'll start from scratch, and then I'll just move that beat on to somebody else eventually, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, like, I, but I don't, I, I don't do this, you know, I mean, and then the whole, I mean, if you want to get me going on this one, man, like, lease beats and shit, it's, like, you know, like seems crazy. Two people could be rapping on the same beat. Now yeah. you see these ads popping up. Exactly. You see these ads on Facebook popping up $12 for 60 beats. Like, like, bro, that's, that's like fucking 12 cents a beat or 18 yeah. cents a beat or something. Mm-hmm. Like you're pimping yourself out. You're screwing up the game. And what it is, is it's, it's like, you know, nowadays people are using uh it's a uh, splice basically. Mm-hmm. So Owen, Owen will make a melody. I'll make a drum track. And then Jack, you'll make a, you know, you'll make a, uh, like, like, I don't know, some sort of synth line. Then Eastie will download it, put them all on top of each other. I made a beat. Yeah. And like, so that's, that's what people do nowadays. And it's, it doesn't take any talent whatsoever. We, we actually brought this up on a couple episodes back. Um, with where, John Glass, right? Right, with John Glass. So I, I was asking and um, about what his policy on that. And I think, the general consensus these days is people allow it. Um, but it does, in my opinion, cause I, I do mess around trying to make some beats on my own and, and I'm familiar with using splice and that's actually typically what, um, a friend of mine, we like will work in Ableton together and, and it's, we use splice one shots or we'll usually start with like some sort of a melody or drum roll, like from splice. And it's usually like a starting point. And I do feel like it is a bit of a crutch as far as, um, Making nowadays, a song goes, yeah. Nowadays, a hundred percent. You know, I mean, there's like for me, there's nothing wrong with like you know, I, I've done it on on uh, on it on a c- couple occasions where I had a buddy of mine who's like he's a beast with the keys. I say, hey man, do you think you can lay down just a little eight bar synth line over this? You know, I think it's really gonna bring it to life. And he'll just kind of ghost produce that part, for me, you know. Mm. But as far mm. as like flipping samples and shit like that, my drum patterns and everything else. I mean, I'm crafting my own kicks. Like, you know, I'm layering two and three kicks and I'm EQing and, and compressing and side chaining them and mixing them together. And, you know, I'm, I'm creating all of that together myself. Like that's yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not downloading anybody else's drum pattern and, and throwing it on top of samples. I'm not downloading anybody else's samples and, you know, laying my own shit on top of it. I try to do as much of the project as I can by myself. And I have to, you know, if I have to, you know, uh, coordinate with somebody else and collaborate and whatnot, 
you know, then I'll do it and I'll give credit where credit's due. You know I mean? Like, like I'll go ahead and in, in like the uh, royalty splits, I'll give them like, you know, 10, 15, 20%, whatever we agree on, you know, mm. I'm not going to screw somebody over on, on their contribution to the track. But, you know, at the same time, I'm not one of these people that's going to take something that everybody else made, put it together and call it my own, you know? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Cause I, and I'm sure, uh, and I actually know for a fact it happens in, probably more on the EDM side from what I've heard is that you'll yeah. hear many different songs with samples that you're like, Oh, they just flipped it a different way. Or this is like, Oh, that makes sense. They just synth it out. Like there's certain ones, I guess you can yeah. uh, do like the distortion and things like that. So that uh, it, I guess it is just like your own flavor. And, and it does, I think when you do slight alterations, I guess if you just slap them together and put it out, that is pretty, pretty much cheating. You'll, you might get slapped with like a copyright yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, oh, actually, yeah. you know, and it's and it's funny too. Was uh, was uh, you guys will be able to pick up on it when you uh, grab the album. Uh, I did the song I did with Mike Ross and my boy DK down from Nashville. Um, you know, I used a flample uh, or a flample. I flipped a sample, <laughs> and uh, it was uh, it was popular with the Jay Z song. Okay. And uh, that was the first thing that my buddy said to me was he's like he's like bro, this sounds like one of that, like that one Jay Z song. I was like, oh shit, I didn't even really think about it like that. It's, you know? it's not the Annie sample, is it? The, no, no, no. It's, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, um, <laughs> oh, God, I think, Jesus Christ, I can't remember. I bet I'll recognize it. I bet I'll recognize 100% it. 100% you will. 100% yeah. you will. I mean, it's, it's flipped a different way. It doesn't sound too similar, but you'll be able to pick up on it. Yeah. But, you that, know, it's like, that happens all the time, honestly. Like when I'm listening to songs, I'm like, I've heard this sample before. I don't mind yeah. that though. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a few, there's a few uh, tracks I've done where I've yeah. actually had people say, you know, damn, just Blaze flipped this one, but I like your version better. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Thank you, you know. But right. Yeah, you uh, definitely want to be the best. But <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, the thing is, is, is you know, music is is so popular nowadays. Um, you know, you could you could buy a new MacBook. And it comes with GarageBand, and you could make beats right away. Fruity Loops, you can pretty much download for free. You got Splice. People are making more music now than they ever have before. Absolutely. Across, across every genre, mm -hmm. every single genre. It's almost and too much. <laughs> exactly. Almost. So it so it waters down everything. You know, it's really right. hard to find. You know, there's a lot of people with talent that you know don't have financial backing or the right marketing plan to get their music out there. There's a lot of people that, um, a lot of people with know, no talent who have all the, all the backing, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, so. you know, it's like I said, it's the same thing is like when it comes with uh, production is, you know, there's going to be people, there's going to be overlap at this point. I mean, with, yeah. you know, with, the, uh, you know, with the invention or discovery or whatever you want to word it with YouTube is like, now I don't have to go to the record store. And, and, you know, I don't have to go around the country to different record stores and digging through, you know, Crates Digging through crates. Like I go, I go right on YouTube, man. I can find, I can find rarest shit that you would only find in one city in the United States because mm. it was a very limited release. Right. So, I mean, but you know, for me personally, I still love digging in the crates. I, I was going to say digging through crates. Like there's always going to be that nostalgic it's factor. It's you know? therapeutic, man. It's right. therapeutic. And, Absolutely. You know, and, and it's like, you know, sometimes, sometimes you find stuff that'll surprise you. You know, mm -hmm. I, I used to have a really good record, uh, uh, record collection uh, when I went over to Holland I left it in my in my car and I left my car at my buddy's house my car got jacked so uh, wow yeah so I, I lost probably about hey suspect number one your buddy 
Did we ask no, him? He, <laughs> no. So no, so he's he's actually uh, he was he's actually now a, a cop. I give him shit um, for that. You know, okay. Yeah. 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 He should have caught the guy. What the hell? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's uh, yeah. You know, like I said, I, I, he parked it off on the side. He was supposed to move it towards like, like in his backyard. He had a big backyard and uh, he never got a chance to. And within three weeks, the car was stolen. So. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Well, yeah, man. Hey. Yeah, such is life. What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. That, that is, that is what happens, but it happens everywhere. Gotta be safe. What's the saying? Sometimes it'd be that way, right? Yeah, sometimes it'd be. Lock your cars, folks. <laughs> Lock your cars. Yeah, probably yeah, was locked. People are just good at that. Um, True. So I guess I, I wanted to ask a couple things. Like, you, you had listed off a bunch of ways you can get in. It's pretty, it's not impossible to just jump into music these days and like get started. Do you have any advice? Like, is there a software that you'd recommend? Um, uh, someone give, got into give me one second. I'm going to just go. Gotta no plug worries. in my phone, fellas. Yeah, those batteries. This is how they get you. They want you sure to buy a new that. phone. <laughs> Dude, my phone. Can, can you guys thought, hear me? Like a few days ago, yep. my phone died, and it literally took like two hours to turn back on. I had it charging for like two hours. I literally was looking for a new phone online, like I was ready to buy a new one, and then it eventually turned back on. I was like, why did that take so long? My guess, and I don't want to just like be like this. My guess is just that you may not have been charging it out of something that was giving the correct amps. No, I charged it. I charged it in like three different outlets. Like I was trying everything. Cause I was going to say, I think it needs to get up to a certain percentage before it'll turn back on after it's gone completely dead. So yeah. that might've been why it, took it just so took long. like really long. I don't know what the yeah. deal was. I, I need a new phone. It's getting old. Apple or Android. Apple iPhone. Damn. Yeah, me too. But uh, you know, I was gonna talk shit if you said Android. I'm I an give, Android boy. I like. Dude, Android. I was thinking. I was thinking about going Android, honestly. So here's yeah. the thing: Android's the same thing. You yeah. don't lose anything except other people it's, will get it's green text least, messages. It's and less expensive, it. right? It's cheaper, and honestly, I switched to an Android like three years ago and had have had no issues. Right. I had the same phone. So Apple's just expensive for no reason, really. I paid two hundred dollars for my cell phone. I have had it for three years. Yeah, see, that's why options. I'm like, why don't I just go Android? Like, Apple's expensive for no reason. There's nothing I, like. I find I find that Apple's a lot better. But getting back yeah. to the question about yes. uh, getting into music and whatnot. Yeah, um, my bad. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <no, laughs> got yeah, sidetracked. Say, I would have to say, you know, for me, it's Fruity Loops. That's what I got into. Yeah. I had the choice of Fruity Loops or Cubase, and the only reason I ended up with uh, Fruity Loops was because it downloaded faster, um, you know, on, uh, I think I was plus. using Star or LimeWire or some shit back then. LimeWire, <laughs> yeah. classic. But, but yeah, so, uh, you know, the, uh, yeah, so Fruity Loops is, it's come a long way. It used to be a very generic beat making, uh, you know, kind of thing. But, uh, you know, nowadays, like I said, I do all my mixing and mastering in it. Um, you know, I use mainly native, uh, native kind of plugins and stuff, things that come stock. But, um, you know, uh, you could get a few things, out, you know, from outside and it, uh, and it works out just fine. Hmm. So, yeah, I, uh... that's what I would recommend. I, I feel like using, uh, you know, I, I feel like using something like, uh, like, you know, Pro Tools, the, the learning curve is so steep, so steep. Like you, like you literally need to like go to college. Yeah. 
and at that price point, it does seem uh, like a lot. And I've looked at it thinking like buying it outright, but you're only buying the version. So to yeah. upgrade, you have to buy the next version. So who knows? Like, so yeah, the- for, yeah. For me, I actually got really lucky with FL Studio. Um, a really close family friend of mine. Uh, I gotta try and be as uh, indis- in, uh, indiscriminate as possible with this. He works at a uh, correctional facility. We'll call it. Um, and they, uh, they actually, it's, it's, it's a government run correctional facility and they have, um, they have, uh, computers there available for the inmates. Now the inmates aren't allowed to like, it's set up so that once they log out after their time in there is done, it wipes the whole thing. So, um, I mean, as far as like all the saved documents and stuff, but they constantly request, you know, fruity loops because they wanted to make beats and stuff. And so, you know, the, the guy that's the head of this department, you know, brought it up to the, to the board of, of the facility and they approved it. So they went ahead and brought, bought Fruity Loops. So they, but because there's no internet connection or anything else, you know, they installed it on all these computers. Oh but, man. But the, the serial number was never used or, you know, all this shit. Wow. So basically it's just the trial version and whatever they make, they, you know, they make right then and there and print it, on it. That's what it is. So he sends me the so he sends me the uh, the uh, the serial number and courtesy of the United States government, you know, I, I got FL FL Studio for free and it's free updates lifetime. So wow, yeah, yeah wow, that that is amazing. It's a jackpot. I'm a man of the people and I have given out my uh, my registration key to uh, to multiple people. So that's fair. I have I have spread the love. You're a good man. That's all you can do. And yeah, I bet that's a floating license. So there's probably no issue at all with that. Uh, well, I mean, when you, ins- when you install the, uh, the red key, uh, on your system, every time you log in, you'll see my name in the top left corner. So, Oh, I see. Yeah. Link my account, my account only. Yeah. So I, I don't, use, but the thing is, is because, I, because other people are using my registration key, uh, I never use the cloud. If I save stuff to the cloud, they'll have access to all my projects. So if that is right. so, if yeah, it's but, like when yeah. we were in it's like when we were in high school and someone had a Brazzers account and they shared the password with everyone. Oh yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, did that happen? <laughs> oh no, never mind. <laughs> you'll, you'll love FL Studio Live. So. <laughs> I wait. Um, so, what version of FL Studio are you rocking right now? Oh, you're up to free updates. So you must be on the latest. I think I'm on twenty. The, the thing I'm always a little bit late to. Uh, to, to the party because first of all, I like when they work out the glitches and second of all, it's like when I got so many projects like, you know, running, you know, like when they, when they switched from, I think it was FL studio 12 or 13 to FL studio 20 to represent the 20th anniversary or whatever it was. Um, you know, that the jump was so insane. Like the, the way everything looked and was laid out was like a lot different. So it's like, it slows down your, your workflow a little bit, but, um, so yeah, so for me, I'll, you know, it's the same thing with, with my iPhone is I'm always one of the last people to update because I don't want them fucking up my shit. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, if it's working, it's working. And that's uh, what I'm saying. If it's not broke. Don't fix it. I mean, there, you right. know, there all these things on like the uh, most, you know, minuscule level and everything. So, yeah. And I think, it, like that definitely I would be afraid to upgrade, especially if I had more sensitive projects in place. Cause whenever I see up, 
update things, I'm always like, oh man, I I put it off like as long as I can for projects, oh, just too. because it's annoying and like sometimes upgrades. I actually work work with upgrades often on other types of systems and it's so sensitive like to make sure think there's a non-disruptive upgrade Mm -hmm. and to do that in software constantly i'm on batches of computers with with people with all different setups i totally understand why you wouldn't upgrade right away right Uh, yeah yeah yeah. appreciate thank you sean yeah so yeah they gave me the key to the studio i gotta lock up when i get out of here oh amazing oh nice that's you're like rudy right now that's awesome So, uh, I did want to ask you, um, so you, people mentioned you, I forget the name. Oh my gosh. Who people said you sounded like, uh, yeah, yeah. So do you have any like particular influences or, um, other, yeah, yeah. favorite producers? Yeah. Are there favorite producers that you'd like to work with? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I get compared to a few different people. Um, but the one I would say I get compared to the most is kind of like ninth wonder or just blaze. Um, but those guys, they really are uh, like influences, but ironically they they weren't my biggest influences. Um, my biggest influences, uh, kind of coming up was, uh, was, uh, ant from atmosphere. Yes. Uh, Yes. Great one. That's a great one. He, uh, I mean just atmosphere, you know, Kate, I had discovered them and they came into my life at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a God Loves Ugly tatted right here on my rib cage. Yeah. You know, just like how it's written on the album cover, which is, you know. That's just, awesome. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, Actually, speaking yeah. of which, I'll be right back. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so uh, I had, uh, you know, Ant's a huge uh, inspiration, Classified, huge, huge inspiration. Um, you know, just, you know, he was like one of those guys that like, you know, for him, he just made it, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Uh, Exactly like that. Yeah, you got you got the LP, man. Yeah, the yep. um, yep. Just how it says like that. God loves ugly, even with the crossed out part. That's how I have. That's it awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So um, yeah, but uh, you know, classified. Like I said, he's one of those guys that like classified. You know, he's dope. Yeah, he, he, you know, grind until he makes it. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you know, a little bit like that. Uh, you know, Jay Z, Kanye West. You know, those guys are, are huge. You know, influences. Um, yeah. And, as I feel I really, like as a producer, you got to be influenced by Kanye in some way. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, but as, as you start digging, you know, I mean, there's, there's really, I mean, there's, there's so many amazing producers, static selectors and other ones. Static. That, oh man. He's so good. Fucking legend. I like, yeah. I would say there's two producers I could listen to all day and just never get sick of listening to their music. It's going to be like static selected and I wonder static's you know? definitely one of mine. Like I, he has, he has so many albums that people like don't even really recognize. Like they don't even talk about really, Yeah. but you yeah. look at his discography. Like he has so many albums with all these great rappers, like all the best rappers and his yeah, production, his production's incredible. Like his jazz samples and yeah. just ways he infuses different genres. Like he's amazing. He's so well-respected in the music community. Um, yep. you know, guys, guys like, uh, LP LPs, you know, really, really big DJ Paul from three, six mafia, you know, is, uh, you know, he's, he's another one that's like influential, um, you know, and then a, a person that really changed the way that I viewed sampling was, uh, Jay Dilla, you know, Jay Dilla. Yep. Dilla has, has a lot of tracks that, 
oh, I gotta find out how to word this without pissing people off, right? He has a lot of tracks that are just like classic, like just mm -hmm. legendary tracks. But the thing that I learned from Dilla is you can sample anything. Mm. Doesn't mean it's gonna sound good, but you can sample it. Like Dilla, Dilla was one of those guys where, you know, he, he swung at every pitch. Mm. Like he had, many, he had as many strikeouts. Like Nomar Garcia Parra. He did home runs, you know? I mean, like if you listen to some of his, some of his like beat tapes and stuff like that, like you'll be like, you'll just sit here one and just make that disgusting face listening to it. And then the next mm -hmm. one, you'll that stank get, face. What? You know, like, like, like the next one would be kind of like, that sounds like dog shit. Like, yeah. So me personally, it's like for Dill, for me, Dill is like hit and miss, but, um, okay. but, but like, you know, his, his kind of like his philosophy, like he would sample anything. Right. And so it's like, you know, when you listen and like, when you listen to like the stuff that I do is, like I sample things that people like, you know, it's just not common. Like I get really into, into like blues and jazz type samples and, you know, obviously soul samples and I'm not mm -hmm. afraid of modern music as well. So it's, you know, I just kind of try and keep my music spectrum broad and I just, yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, static, static definitely uses a lot of jazz and blues and all that stuff. Yeah. His, his track with, uh, with, uh, rex uh this or that or this yeah or that. oh i love that song uh, yeah you know he uh yeah that 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 track is is filthy and uh but that's one of the only tracks that i've heard that static got out flipped on um ghostface killer did a track with uh with um who did he do it with killer priest and and jizza yeah uh, they did a track. I can't remember who who produced it, but they used that same sample, man. It's it's called uh, "Purified Thoughts." Okay. And that song is it's fucking oh, yeah. It's, it's so godly. I gotta it, check that one out. Yeah, "Purified Thoughts" by Ghostface Killer. Right. I've been bumping that a lot lately. Um, but yeah, oh, another another under underrated uh, producer, Apollo Brown. Yeah, Apollo Brown's dope. Apollo Brown is he is nasty. He does such good, such good stuff, man. But yeah, what really turned me on to Ninth Wonder was all the projects that they did with Mers. Mers, dude, I was gonna say when I think of Ninth Wonder, I think of Mers. Like yeah, that's that's the first that's the first artist I think first rapper I think of when I think of Ninth Wonder. Hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah. yeah. You know, and Mers is like he's one of those guys that somehow just always stayed below the radar his whole career. Yeah. Right? Like he's, he's really got, he really built his niche in the underground and like he's he's, he's comfortable like, there. Like he could go to all these cities and sell out shows, mm -hmm. but it, like he's never he's one of those guys that just never broke through for some reason. Yeah. Very relatable. Yeah. Oh no, he's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. yeah, they've done a few projects together, him and Ninth Wonder. Yeah, quite a few. I think they did about six or seven, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Merz three sixteen that album. Yeah, that's one of the ever made they put out one a couple years ago better days i think it's called yeah. or brighter days something like that that one's fire yeah yeah it's a great combo yeah man oh and you still there i am yeah sorry you just went off i'm not super familiar with uh everything <laughs> that was going on so i was letting you guys go um, it's all good yeah it's all good i, yeah. I get off on these we can just talk for fucking hours i could talk hip-hop for hours Oh, absolutely. All day. Absolutely. And sports. Those are my two. Those are my niches right there. 
100%. But uh, I probably got to log off soon. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, no, thank you for joining us. Uh, this was a great conversation. Yeah, this was awesome. Yeah, there's there's no clocks in the studio, man. You know how it is. So Yeah, yeah. we're looking <laughs> yeah. at 10.36 right now. 10.36, yeah. not bad. I definitely, I definitely do got to get going myself, man, so. But right. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for having us. Or thank uh, you for coming on. Thank you for yeah. coming on. <laughs> thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it, man. It's you know, it's great. May Day, June twenty seventh. Yes, Saturday. June twenty seventh. Oh man, it's it's gonna be great. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, actually send you guys a sneak preview of the album too. So we would love that. That's awesome. Uh, thank you. I'll do a little write up on it when it comes out. Appreciate it. All right. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem, Peace. man. Peace. Peace.